giving credit where it's due so as not to plagiarize. Susie and I, a couple of months ago, I think, by, at this time, were in North Carolina, and we got to visit a very large church there called Elevation Church. I don't know who has heard of it, Pastor Stephen Furtick. He's sort of like a mega church pastor. He's got a big name. And I, I like his sermons. I listen to them, and I really, really enjoy them. We got a chance to visit. Uh, and he gave a message called uh, The Second Yes. The Second Yes. And it was really meaningful to me, and I just want to um, give credit right now that a lot from this message is inspired by that message. So... If you want to hear a much better message, look up the second yes on Elevation Church and their podcast or whatever it is. So just wanted to put that out there. Uh, this is a story my mother told me. When she first married my father, this was back in the mid-60s, they were living in an apartment in Brooklyn, New York. And my mother opened up the closet door and she found on the floor a pill, it's a medicine, pill, a pill, a loose pill. And she asked my father what it was. And my father stuttered and stumbled and said, I don't know, I don't know what it is. So she moved on. A little later on, she was going outside to move her car to the other side of the street. If you don't know New York, they have alternate side of the street parking rules. <laughs> yep. Um, because of street cleaning, and she was going to move her car to the other side of the street, and lo and behold, the, the car was already moved. So she went to my father at that time and said, did you go somewhere? And he said, no, I didn't go anywhere. And she said, you must have gone somewhere because the car has been moved to the other side of the street. And I didn't do it. So somebody did, and my father had to confess to her a, a secret that he has been keeping from he was keeping from her from even since before they were married. And he confessed that he went to his psychiatrist to get a refill of his antipsychotic drugs. And she had no idea he was on antipsychotic medicine. Uh, the nurses in me might be saying it's not antipsychotic. <laughs> Might be antidepressant and anxiety, but it's not antipsychotic. That's an entirely, entirely different genre of that's of the, uh, the chemical equivalent of it. I'm using that generically. Um, so he had to confess that. So this was something about my father that my mother had no idea about when they got married. So when she said I do to him. She didn't really understand all that she was saying, I do, too. And isn't that the way it is with all of us married folk? We <laughs> oh, believe me, there's a lot of baggage that Susie didn't know she was marrying into. I am the son of Milton and Marlene Unterberger. Believe me, there's a lot of baggage that she had no idea. She didn't know what she was getting into. She should have known from the beginning she was getting the worst of it, but she didn't. That's a honeymoon joke anyway. Um, 
People don't laugh when I'm self-deprecating. You know, they're like, oh. <laughs> anyway, so she didn't know exactly. She said, I do. But she didn't really know what she was saying, I do, too. And as it is with all of us who are married, we say, I do. We say, yes. And then the reality of what we're saying yes to reveals itself over time. And sometimes we find things that if we knew back then what we know now, maybe we wouldn't have said yes. There's a show saying yes to the dress. We didn't realize we were saying yes to the mess. And then we have to realize, and we have to make almost another commitment. I said yes back then. But now that I know what I didn't know then, because you know that I know that you know that I know. And I know now what I didn't know then, because I know what I didn't know, and then I didn't know, but I know. You know? <laughs> My mother had to say, I said yes back then. I found something I didn't like. I found something that was a secret, a dark secret, I didn't realize it. But I'm saying yes again. And I'm committed. And isn't that the way it is with our walk with the Lord? He doesn't tell us the whole picture. When we say yes to him, when we say yes to him, it's in this great moment, especially those who have accepted Yeshua as Messiah, you were probably lied to by an evangelist and we're told that life's going to be just great and all your problems are going to go away once you accept Yeshua. So you accept Yeshua in this incredible baptism immersion moment, you come out, Spirit of the Lord comes upon you. Hallelujah, you've accepted the Lord. And then very often we find that life sometimes can get a whole lot more difficult. Because just like in marriage, God doesn't tell you the whole thing from the beginning. I have a hunch that if he told you the stuff that you would be going through as you walk with him, you may not have accepted him in the beginning. So in his wisdom, he keeps that all secret until his time. Amos says that God doesn't do anything without first revealing it to his prophets. But he doesn't reveal it all at once. No. And that's wisdom from God. That he doesn't, because if he revealed everything that we would have to go through, we would have probably ran the other way. I know I would. The other way. Oh, yeah. Because all the promises of God, it says, are yes and amen. All the promises of God are yes and amen. And then as you walk with God and you're asking for healing in your marriage, and it's not happening, and you're wondering if that yes and amen is somehow turning into a no. Or you're praying for healing for somebody, and you know that the scriptures say it's yes and amen, and it's seems that the answer is no. And what? Who is this husband that I married? 
Who is this bridegroom that I married? And we get to the point where we say, like Joseph, he may slay me, but I'm not going anywhere. I accepted you, and things are getting really tough in my life. And if I knew this is where you were taking me, I don't know what, what I would have done back then. But here I am, and I'm still saying yes. Wow. And I think a lot of us get into that place where we have to say, I did say yes. I did say I do. But here I am. And it, I'm going to say it again. To God. I'm not leaving. And I'm holding on to your promises. There's another wedding we see in this Torah portion. And it's the wedding that we see at Mount Sinai. Now the, the, the um, experiences at Mount Sinai are very often compared in Judaism to a wedding. In Jewish weddings, you have a canopy, and here we have a cloud covering the mountain like a canopy. In the Jewish wedding, you have a, a ketubah, which is the written agreement between husband and wife, and here we have the two tablets, the Torah itself, as the written agreement. We have God saying, if you keep my ways, you will be my special people, and we have the, the people responding, what you will say, what you say, we will do. Does that sound so much like when a bride says, I do. The people said, what you say, we will do. So there's many connections between the Sinai experience and a wedding. But isn't it funny, in the beginning of the Torah, we see the wedding. And at the end of the Torah, on Moses' like last day of life, is when he said, and if you break these things, these are all the curses that are going to come upon you. Again, the marriage happened before the whole picture of what God was going to do was, made, was, was realized. And I think the Jewish people would probably, if they realized what would happen to them, they're being called as God's special portion. If they saw the future of what would happen to them and all the anti-Semitism and the murder, they would probably have ran the other way. But God didn't give him the full picture. In fact, he only gave him 10 commandments. They accepted it. And now 603 are on their way. So the question is, when we say yes to God, when we say yes to God, when we say yes to God, are we willing to say yes when things get really challenging, when things get difficult, when your faith is questioned, when you get to that point, are you willing to say yes again? And I know we all get to that point. And I know this word is for somebody because I know this word is for me. Brian, will you be the rabbi of the congregation? <laughs> <laughs> yes. You were never asked. 
That's true. I wasn't there. <laughs> I was told. But I still had to say yes to the calling. I still had to say yes to the calling. I could have said, nah. But I said yes to the calling. Congregation goes from 50 people to like 10. In like a week. Getting cursed out right here in the congregation. I'm getting judged by everybody about what a bad leader I am. Even my wife's getting some smack. Which I don't accept. Being called horrible names. This, you didn't tell me this, God, when I took the job. You didn't tell me. So then we get to the point where we say, nevertheless, yes. And that's the catchphrase I want everybody to take home. Hmm. Nevertheless, yes. Nevertheless, yes. yes. You see, we have another catchphrase that we tend to live by, and that is, yes, unless. Unless. <laughs> unless you bless me, I'll say yes. Unless things get don't get too challenging, I'll say yes. Yes, unless. And I really believe this is a word for many because it is a word for me. God wants you to say, yes, yes. nevertheless. Wow. Do you understand? Yes. The yes. Amen. Nevertheless. Because Yeshua had to do that also. Because he had this amazing moment in the beginning of his ministry. Immersed to mikvah in the Jordan River comes out. Dove falls on his head. Voice from his father. This is my son who I'm well pleased. At the end of his ministry, he's in the garden of Gethsemane. Where so many of us are at various times in our lives. Sweat and blood. And even Yeshua himself said, God, if it's your will, if it's your will, if it's your will, take this cup from me. But if not, nevertheless, yes. Did Yeshua not say that? In the Garden of Gethsemane, did he not say, nevertheless, if you can take this cup from me, if I don't have to die for the sins of the world, if it's within your will, so be it, Father. But if it's in your will for me to hang on a cross and get beaten and whipped by Romans and nailed into a cross and suffocate to death in agony on behalf, as a sacrifice to stay your wrath on the people, if that is your will, if that is your purpose for me, nevertheless, Yes. You know, there's another a connection between Sinai and weddings. And in a Jewish wedding, at the end of the at the end of the wedding, after the I do's happen, there is a breaking of a glass. You ever see that? <laughs> Everybody familiar with that? 
So the, uh, there's a glass that's wrapped in a napkin and it's put under the foot of the husband and he breaks the glass and everybody yells, Mazel Tov! <laughs> and the breaking of the glass represents many things. It, it, it represents, first of all, the destruction of the temples in Jerusalem, but it also represents the breaking of our lives as single people when we get married. But there's a connection to Sinai because after the Sinai experience, after that wedding, something broke. Do you remember what it is? The tablets. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the tablets Whoa. broke. Whoa. So the breaking of the tablets and the rewriting of the tablets is God's way of saying, you've sinned. You've messed up. But nevertheless, God speaking over you, about you, nevertheless, yes. Because his promises are yes and amen. And nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Messiah Yeshua. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. He knew what he was getting into when he married you. He knew how much you would fail. He knew how much you would cheat on him with adulteries. Nevertheless, he says yes to you. Amen. And the creation, the recreation of the tablets is like God saying, you broke the law, yet I am more faithful than you are. As it says in scripture, when you are faithless, he is faithful because he cannot deny himself. So I believe that this word is for someone because I know it is for me. That in our walk in the Lord, we say yes and then we are tried. And we have to get to the point where we say, is it going to be yes unless or is it going to be yes Nevertheless, though you slay me, yet I will praise you. Can we just lift up a shout of praise to God? We say yes, nevertheless. Yes. We know that life can be challenging. We know that sometimes we're not seeing the fruit that we envision, that we believe that you promised to us. Let's just raise our hands. Sometimes I deny that we see these things, but we still say yes to you. Because when we said yes in the beginning, it wasn't yes based on circumstance. It was yes based on who you are. It's yes, not based on what my life is going to be like. It's not yes, based on what my kids' lives are going to be like. It's not yes, based on any experience or ministry or job. My yes was because you deserve my yes. Because yes. your yes is always a yes with me. Yeah. Yes. So we yes. say yes to you, even when things get difficult. Yes, things are difficult, but nevertheless... Yes. yes. To you, Father. To you, Father. To you, Father. Father, I pray this word has been a blessing to people who are in this place of, of thinking like, man, did I really sign up for this? <laughs> we all get there. We all get there. We all get there.
Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Father, I just release a, a spirit and a, and a gift of faith over this congregation, Lord God, that what they are not seeing with their eyes, Lord God, that they believe, that they trust. Trust in you, Lord God. We, we lean not on our own understanding, God. We lean not on what we see. We don't see with these human eyes. These human eyes will fail us because we don't see, Lord, what you are actually doing. We won't hear with our human ears because, Lord, we don't hear really what you're doing. So, Father, we trust that your plans are far greater than ours. Far, far greater than ours. And when the world may be walking away, we say, nevertheless, yes to you. Yes to you, God. In Yeshua's name, amen.